god. I'm so excited. <laughs> Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of We're Spinning Plays. I'm sure you might be able to hear the excitement in my voice, but I'm Kira And I'm Em. And the reason that I'm so excited is because normally we film these podcasts over FaceTime because we started this podcast in the middle of a lockdown and it's been locked down until literally yesterday. Today is Tuesday the 18th of May and as of yesterday we were allowed to go in other people's houses so this is officially the first podcast that we're filming in person. Recording. Recording. <laughs> in person. I'm in Kira's house. Oh my god. What a time to be alive. What a good week. What a good day. The 26th Just episode so and it's in person. I honestly can't believe it. It's like, it's been six months. Can you believe that, like, we're now on the sixth month of this podcast? But now that, like, we're doing it in person, it's really weird not being able to, like, be opposite you and see your reaction. Like, the I fact know. that we're sitting next to each other, it's going to throw me right off. It is. We're filming using just one microphone instead of two, and we don't have to rely on the internet to allow us to have a conversation. So, pretty crazy. Pretty exciting. I'm just feeling so hyped. I feel me like too. I can't stop smiling. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> We've been excited for this day for a long time. I just so. met Kira's cat. Oh my god. Oscar is Oscar. the sweetest little angel. He's just so precious. Love it. <laughs> my precious. <laughs> so without further ado, we're pretty excited. So um, would you like to talk us through your high and low of the week? <laughs> yes, I'm really struggling for a low. I feel like this week's just been full of highs. So the Love first that. high that I want to talk about, I don't know, there's just so this week so is a high <laughs> is that last Tuesday so we're filming this on recording this on Tuesday <laughs> and last Tuesday I got my first COVID vaccine oh yeah definitely a high was definitely a high I got it because of one of my housemates um, so we were all eligible to get the vaccine and it just felt really emotional like I didn't think I was going to find it emotional and you laughed at me for this a bit didn't I you? did a bit yeah I'm but sorry. I, was, I was just <laughs> sat there like in the room where everyone was getting vaccinated thinking that they turn this around so quick like mm -hmm. it is impressive it's so impressive and it just felt like this big milestone to normal life and so i am now half vaccinated <laughs> which is exciting very and um, that's my first high and then also yesterday after monday the 17th yes. lockdown rules lifted i went out for tapas in my favorite tapas restaurant which just felt incredible so i guess my like collective high is that normality is returning and it just feels so good and then your secondary high is the green beans from the tapas oh, yeah, place the, the gr if you live in york ambiente tapas the green beans with pine nuts and sun-dried tomatoes stop it them with a mouthful of the goat's cheese honestly like that's to me that's what heaven feels like Wow. Like, it's Bold insane. Statement. I know. Bold statement. But equally, you really, like, I mean, I enjoy green vegetables, but you sell those green beans. Yeah, see, I don't like green vegetables, and yet those wow. green beans are literally life-changing, so I feel like a collective high this week. And then a low, I'm really struggling, but I feel like literally about half an hour ago, I went into <laughs> Boots and bought a perfume. Yes. And it was £80 for, I had a gift card, I was just like, why not, why not, I don't have that kind of dollar. Um, so it was £80 for 50 mil. Yeah. Yep. And it was £108 for 100 mil. And what and did you get? Stupidly, I got 50 mil, which just feels like a really inefficient choice. It was inefficient. So that's I've judged you for yeah. it, but you know. I mean, I, it was just a really bad decision, so that's my low. I mean, kind of a trivial one because it doesn't really matter. I just feel like it's nice to have a week where it doesn't feel like there's a low, and instead oh, there's so yeah. many highs. What about you? 100%. So, my high of the week was 
that last week, well, I started thinking about this throughout the last week. I feel like we're now in a whole nother week and when we film later on in the week, I get so confused about what week is my high and low because, you know, days yeah. moulding into one. But at the end of last week, I managed to complete reading three books that I started Whoa, and finished I within that, that week. Yeah. Um, honestly, I've been such a bad reader over the last few months and so finishing three books in one week felt like a big achievement so that was great um, and also they were really great books I read Unfollow by Megan Phelps Roper which is a memoir about her leaving oh. the Westboro Baptist Church so so good and great for anyone who's a fan of Educated by Tara Westover because very similar in terms of leaving a cult like religious family I then also read what was the fiction that I read you read um you have to make your own fun around here. Yes, you have to make your own fun around here by Francis Macken, which is, I really enjoyed it. Interestingly, <laughs> I you did, did not. not enjoy it. Um, I feel like it's got a particular literary fiction vibe to it where it's very like snappy and blunt and has like that kind of like very dialogue focused yeah. um, writing style, which I quite like, but I know definitely isn't for everyone. It wasn't, for me, it wasn't even the writing style. There were two main elements. Mm -hmm. One, I felt like I was kind of, it was missold to me because a lot of the book was written from a different age than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I do yeah. agree about that. That was kind of unexpected because the blurb kind of sets it up as though it's about um, three girls who were best friends growing up and then one of them decides to leave their small town in rural Ireland to go and like make it in the big city. But actually the first like 100 pages of the book are in their childhood and it's not until like 100 pages into this book that's only 200 and something pages that they actually... Yeah. go their separate ways so that is a yeah. bit so there's that and then also they weren't really best friends it was very weird like one of them really wasn't in the three so I just felt like it was kind of missold as yeah. like marketed so that people would think it would be really like Sally Rooney and it just wasn't no. and then also I'm completely fine with books that have storylines that have no resolution because I think sometimes like end of conversations with friends that kind of cut off and it's one of my favourite books and normal people yeah <laughs> I mean that's not one of my favourite books <laughs> <laughs> but this one I felt like one of the plot lines needed a resolution. It was an odd plot line. I do agree. Obviously can't really say what it was yeah. because that would be a spoiler. But yeah, I enjoyed the book and I could see some similarities to Sally Rooney's writing style. Yeah, definitely. Um but equally it was very much its own thing. So I read that and then the final book that I read I listened to on audio and that was um This Is Going to Hurt by Adam Kay, Ooh. which very topical seeing as you just got your vaccine and that's all about a junior doctor's experience working within the NHS. I didn't realise that he actually ended up being a gynecologist and so I didn't know that. a lot of it felt like quite similar to Call the Midwife but like a modern day version. Um, a bit of Call the Midwife. Very like anecdotal, quite funny but at the end kind of becomes a lot more serious and dives into some of the issues within the NHS and the way that it's funded and all of that kind of stuff but I felt like it had a really good balance between like the more, more funny elements and then some more serious themes as well. Um, so I did enjoy that so it was a great week of reading. A good week of reading. And finally because Jesus Christ it's been a while. <laughs> I feel like every time <laughs> I've brought up books you've been like oh I hate them <laughs> like I've had a few gems in the last few months like obviously I read The Road Trip by Beth O'Leary that I loved and there's been some other ones thrown in there but I just feel like I've not been on a good reading kick where I've not been reading like there's been weeks where I've hardly read anything at all and so it was just nice to like reprioritize it so that was definitely my high of the week and then my low of the week is kind of gross so <laughs> your lows are always so strange <laughs> you know what it is and you'll you will agree that it was gross but basically um me and jay have 
um, keys for our house, as most people do. do. I know <laughs> you do. So me and Jay have keys for the house, and they are the ones that we got from oh, the, the letting yeah, agent yeah. <laughs> when we moved in. And they run really flimsy key rings, and one of the keys fell off. So you're like, finally, we're going to put these keys on a stronger key ring. Sadly, the key ring that I selected was too strong, so when I tried to open it to loop the keys into it, <laughs> I accidentally let go because I wasn't strong enough to keep it open, and it subsequently sliced a load of my oh. thumbnail off <laughs> and my thumb is like now exposed oh, look at that. <laughs> it's really painful and it's like I genuinely feel like I've lost an appendage because it's like it's still there but it's so difficult to do anything like even turning up the volume on my phone is so hard to do with this hand let me so. have a look at it it's oh that looks so painful it's healing it's feeling better now I can touch it without going like I'm gonna cry, but um, it was painful. Does beg the question: Why would you touch it? Yeah, <laughs> you knew like, you were gonna cry. I'm gonna prod it and just see what happens. But yeah, so that was definitely my low because it hurt and was just really an inconvenience in my life. So that's that. <laughs> that's that. <laughs> that's that. Is there anything else that you want to talk about from this week? I would say that there definitely is. Okay, <laughs> hit me, hit me with your rhythms. <laughs> <laughs> so. I feel like, <laughs> did you know? <laughs> we go to the gym. We do, in fact, But I feel like, because you're so good at the gym, and don't try and deny this, because you are, sometimes, like, I guess it might seem like we're pros, but I just want to stress <laughs> that I am not. And you can... I am definitely you can, not also. No, but you are more of a pro than me. You can endorse that I, that gymming is hard for me. Gymming is hard for you, <laughs> and I think it's just the case of, like, there's a lot of it that's unfamiliar to you. So, like, as we're going through, I'm, like, explaining various things, yeah. giving you the context on, like, form, what parts of the body we're doing. And I think you are picking more up but <laughs> but some of the things I hate and one of the <laughs> things I hate what would you call it I call it a hanging crunch yeah so essentially you put your back against uh, a piece of a machine and your legs are dangling off you're holding onto it and then you crunch your knees into your chest and mm-hmm. it activates the core like <laughs> nothing else yeah let me tell you it activates that core the first time I did that I honestly, I, I almost rang the doctor. I thought I had a serious... <laughs> not going to talk about what I thought I had, but I thought I had a serious medical issue. And then today, I managed to do some hanging crunches. I faced my demons, and it hurt like hell. It's going to hurt tomorrow. And I hated every second of it. But you did, but did it. it. And also, like, I have to admit, I can be pushy in the gym. Like, Em's like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, well, we're doing it anyway. Because I have to, you know... For example, you hate squats, but it's all for the good cause of the peach. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> we're going to do the squats. But with that one, you hated it so much. So I thought, well, I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to let you do your own thing because I don't want to make you hate the gym. But you decided to do it on your own. I was very proud. I know. <laughs> yeah. Also, I call my cat peach. So that just made me laugh. Also, I didn't even mention, I went home to surprise my mom oh, uh, this yeah. week. I forgot about that. So much Mad. has happened. So I got to see my cat. Me and my sister turned up on the doorstep and surprised my mom, which was so cute. So lovely. Like, I guess when you move away from home, like my parents live near Liverpool and I live in York, obviously, as I've mentioned before, you don't get to see them as much. And I think, especially because our family went through quite a hard time in the earlier part of this year so it was really nice to just surprise them and see them and my dad kept the secret so that was another thing that happened this week and then finally what I want to last on last on what I I want to finish on the reason I said that is because I read a book called Last Night by Marie McFarlane and I absolutely bloody adored that book I would say 
The Road Trip and Last Night by Marie McFarlane are not only my two favourite fictions this year, but if you like one, I think you'd really enjoy the other. I'm very excited. You mentioned that in your last reading vlog, didn't you? I think... It, yes, I did. Yeah, yes, I did. Because it, it sounded Because I told Kira off for not watching my vlogs, so now she's trying to prove that she watches them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's got that, like, British kind of... I really like how British authors are not trying to romanticise Britain in a lot of their books. You know, like The Road Trip by Beth O'Leary, mm-hmm. she really got the funny bits of the British motorway in there. Oh, yeah. And I really <laughs> like the way that books are starting to do that. British authors are starting to get that just, like, humour in there. And, Love like, it. the funny parts of being British, like, it just makes me laugh. So if you like a romance novel, but also, like, a friendship novel, if you like things like Beth O'Leary, mm-hmm. then I think you would really like uh, Last Night by Marie McFarlane. It had a sex scene in it that made me honest I don't think I've laughed like that since I read a Sophie Kinsella last year that made me almost wee myself I laughed that much um, but the sex scene was hilarious but then it also had really emotional storylines it just had everything if you are looking for a sign to go and buy Last Night by Marie McFarlane and also The Road Trip by Beth O'Leary 100%. this is it this is me from the universe telling you you need to buy them both I'm definitely going to buy Last Night well you don't need to you can borrow it well, this is a fair point. I'm going to borrow it. <laughs> but if you don't have anyone you can borrow it from, then buy mm-hmm. it. Because it does sound good. And if it's like The Road Trip or just like Beth O'Leary in general, then I think it's going to be a good time. It's a winner. A good, a a good, good time. time. Do you have anything else from your week? I'm just trying to like rack my brains about <laughs> what's happened in my week. Um, I feel like one major highlight of this week for me... <laughs> <laughs> One major highlight. <laughs> Don't. I'm going to wee myself. <laughs> Very topical because I was going to say it's the fact that public toilets are now open again. Which public is... toilets were open before. But not all of them. Like, you know, like cafes, in department no, I think stores. it's more exciting that cafes are open than the cafe toilets. <laughs> I'm sorry for it, but you don't know what it is like to live with a bladder like mine. I literally have to think about like how far I'm leaving my house, like how far I'm walking away, like how much I've drunk in the past couple of hours. Is there any paid public toilets I can access? Because it's a problem. Like I've had this problem for my whole <laughs> life. If my mum is listening, she'll be able to vouch for it because she has lived with this problem. <laughs> she she knows the struggle. Um, and it's just exciting that I can now roam freely. <laughs> <laughs> roam freely without the pain of knowing that I need to be within like 10 metres of a public toilet. I mean, to times. be fair, you, you do always need to find a toilet. I will I will also vouch for that. Every time I like leave the house and I'm like, I need a week. It's like So I think what we can take away from this is that you told me the most exciting thing was cafes being open, but actually what you meant by that was toilets cafe toilets being <laughs> open because it means i can then because like the problem is is that cafes have been open throughout lockdown but for takeaway only and i've had to be like is it worth getting a drink to think about you know is there anywhere to oh, go for yeah. a week so that's basically what my week's been all about i love that for you i do and too. we are also three sleeps away from kira being 24 oh! <laughs> <laughs> i want that as my text noise <laughs> Yeah, it's my birthday this week on the 21st of May. I just think the number 21 is such a great number. Like, it's a really good number. <laughs> it's a good job you turned 24 then, isn't it? Uh, my birthday's on the 21st and it will be forever, so that's fine. Um, but yeah, going to be 24. We're going to go out for dinner on Thursday night to celebrate. Oh, I already am excited for that pizza. Me too, me too. That's going to be my highlight of next week. I'm I almost just ruined one of the biggest like birthday <laughs> surprises. I was almost just about to be like, and we're going to... 
<laughs> I'm gonna what? I just clap. And we're gonna what? Tell me. Um, I'm sure we'll fill you in next week. But yeah, it's my birthday soon. Toilets are open, and it's been a great week. So let's move let's on. on to the main section. <laughs> like it's really hard not to get the noise of the camping chairs i have to say we've not quite yeah. coordinated the in-person podcast setup yet but you know work in progress if you're imagining like a studio or something luxurious no we're sat here on camping chairs there is a desk there is a microphone there is a laptop but the seats not quite yeah there. i mean they are comfy but i feel like we're at a very short height and i'm used to being at short height but we're <laughs> at extra short, short height. height and then they do just have that yeah, the rustling noise. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so if you hear rustling noises, it's you know why. Uh, so welcome to the main theme. This week it was Kira's turn to come up with a weekly theme. A theme? Can you <laughs> come up with a weekly theme? Uh, and I'm really excited for this one. So do you want to introduce it? I'm very excited as well. And I think a lot of you guys will be as well. Because I feel like we've had quite a few just like broad topic episodes where we've just talked and yeah, talked about random world. topics, which are fun as well. But we also love ourselves a little list episode. Yeah. And I just think those ones are fun because I think you guys can really get involved and send us your versions of whatever yeah, list what we're taking. And as we've sort of talked about in the introduction and our like weekly roundup, we're both feeling very positive this week. It's just and a so sunshiny, happy week. It is a happy week. And so this topic feels all the more relevant. And we're going to be basically talking about people we admire so this can be literally anyone i don't know who em's yeah. picked she doesn't know who i've picked but we've picked five people each and we're basically just going to dive into some admiration and talking about various people who we like respect feel inspired by and just you know have a good time spread some positive spread energy the joy yes so without further ado do you want to kick it off with your first one okay so i've tried to split mine into sections just to give you a little glimpse into how I've done this. I hear you. So I tried to pick someone I admire in the writing world, mm -hmm. someone I admire in like the podcasting world, someone mm -hmm. from the YouTube world, someone from my personal life and just gonna pop, pop it here, haven't picked my mum. I do admire my mum. <laughs> Same. Well, we did a Mother's Day episode. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I haven't picked my mum. And then the final one is someone that I admire but they are fictional. <laughs> ah, you've really so like got five categories. Do you want to pick? What you want first? I kind of want to hear your fictional one okay. first, so I'm not gonna lie. We're starting off with a bang. Okay, so my first person I admire is. You're not even gonna know who this is. Mm -hmm. No, you are, you've watched it. Okay. Alexis Rose from Schitt's Creek. That is so random. Right, okay, so you're. Okay, you've only watched the first, like, episode. Two episodes. Two episodes of Schitt's Creek, so you've only seen Alexis Rose at the beginning of her character arc. Uh -huh. If you haven't seen Schitt's Creek, it's like a Canadian comedy sitcom about a socialite rich family who lose all their wealth and have to move to a small town which they bought as a joke many years before and they're just kind of like stuck in this small town with they've lost all of their wealth mm -hmm. and it is a comedy but it's also just like a very inclusive program i also watched the documentary about it afterwards and it was just so lovely it's created and written by a dan levy and eugene levy who are father and son and they play the father and son in schitt's creek mm -hmm. and it's just such an inclusive program about it includes like sexuality in a way that it's not a big statement it's just part yeah. of the conversation and it's just exists and yeah. it just means it's such a kind of 
what's the word for it? Not not like, like it's not revolutionary, but in that authentic. way it is. Yeah, it just like, feels authentic. It's just natural. It's just such a lovely program. I enjoy it. It's so funny, and I love Alexis Rose. I just think she has the best character arc. She starts off as like kind of selfish. She needs a man. She's very dependent. She doesn't mm-hmm. know what she wants to do with her life. She just kind of depends on wealth that she hasn't earned and yeah. so she doesn't really have a career plan and then by the end she is strong she's independent she has this really great career that she's built from the ground she ends up going to school getting her degree she really makes the decision to go off on her own and start her own life sorry for anyone who's watching it spoilers <laughs> but alexis's arc is just such a great one and she's just such like by the end a selfless character which i think is a good way to That's be. Nice. And also some of the phrases she comes out with. She says, I love that for you all at time. Love that for you, Alexis. Yeah. Um, I have to say, obviously I've only watched the first two episodes and at this point, all of the characters feel very much like caricatures. Like they yeah. don't feel like authentic. Like it, it's funny and I enjoyed them, but they don't feel like people who I'm like, I really want to be like you because I don't <laughs> think anyone is like them. But you've definitely yeah. sold it. She's just sassy, independent. She knows what she wants. She, like, if I was a fictional character, like, I'd either be her or Brooke Davis from One Tree Hill. I did have to weigh up whether I was going to choose Alexis Rose or Dan Levy, who wrote Shit's Creek. I also very much admire him. Yeah. But I just thought Alexis would be funny because it was, like, a fictional character. So Love it. That is my first person okay. I admire. They do get a bit more serious from here on out. I'm just going to point that out. <laughs> okay, so my first person, I feel like, is probably my most predictable. Oh, I don't know if I know this. You, is, well, it, I, is it Sally Rooney? N- well, no, but she, well, <laughs> let's go with Sally Rooney because she's on the list as well. Spoiler alert, she's uh, an inspiration too. Um, Sally Rooney was not who I was about to say. She is on my list of five, Ooh, so we'll okay. go with it. Um, but I guess I'm just predictable. All yeah. <laughs> You're probably going to be like, yeah, saw that coming, saw that coming. <laughs> Um, Sally Rooney, author of Normal People, Conversation with Friends, Soon to be Beautiful World, Where Are You? And I just love her. She's such a great author and I admire anyone who has written a novel um, and more so anyone who's gotten a novel published because like, you know, it's such a process, like, you know, flick. like, I think obviously you'll be able to add into this, but it's like writing the novel is one thing, but then being able to give that novel out to other people, allow them to edit it, change your ideas, go through the full like marketing process, all that kind of stuff. It's a whole thing. So just in general, authors definitely get a lot of my admiration, but Sally Rooney in particular, I admire, first of all, because I love her works. But the thing that I love most about her works is the way that she creates really, authentic looks into relationships. I just yeah, feel like I the agree. way that she brings to life characters who are also flawed and complex and nuanced and then she puts those flawed characters in friendships and relationships with other equally flawed characters. There's almost no like rose tinting of her characters. Like they're all very authentic and you know that's not to say that other people reading the books don't romanticize the events of them like that's not what I'm trying to say but I just think if you actually look at the raw material she just creates messy intricate relationships that I think just feel like they could actually be happening like there's no perfect arc there's no like happy endings necessarily and I just think it's very admirable like how well she manages to 
yeah to put on the page like yeah I, I don't like, like, I love conversations with friends, as mm-hmm. you know, but normal people I didn't love. But what I did love was the ending of normal people, mm-hmm. which I won't spoil, but I felt that it was just so realistic and true to like the way life can actually happen. And I do agree with you. I think especially like it's impressive for an author to put that kind of ending and that writing that is just kind of not romanticizing it. No. Like she doesn't romanticize it. Other people might. I yeah, say, exactly. She doesn't. And to have people, and to have it be a bestseller. Exactly. Because people don't so like to see real life sometimes. No, and I think when, I was about to see, use the phrase, put it on a page and people wouldn't like yeah. <laughs> Obviously it is on a page because it's a book. But I think if she summarized what she wanted to do in her books in like a few sentences out loud and we didn't know what those books were, I think a lot of people would be like, I'm not really sure about yeah. that. Like, is it that exciting to see things that are realistic? in a book like is that what people turn to books for but I think the way that she does it I'm just in awe because I just think she creates things that are so interesting so captivating and yet also so realistic that I just think it's incredible yeah go Sally go <laughs> Sally and I feel like moving on from that I'll say my writer one yes. because that kind of ties into it I've gone for Beth O'Leary because uh, we love <laughs> yeah we just love a Beth O'Leary novel I honestly think The Road Trip which I read this year mm-hmm. uh, obviously it came out this year <laughs> is the perfect book for me like Beth O'Leary has managed to create the perfect book for me which gives her like you know my ultimate respect and admiration yeah and I just love like I went to a virtual launch event for The Road Trip and mm-hmm. I thought that Beth just came across so humble and so honest and just like a lovely person. So yeah. she she really did come across that way. And I think she had like very humble beginnings. Like she mm-hmm. wrote the flat share on a train. Did you know that the flat share wasn't like she had the idea for the road trip before the flat share, which I think is interesting. Did you know that Sally Rooney wrote normal people before conversations oh, with friends really? or she had that idea first I'm pretty sure and that then so she ended up going with conversations with friends first like I just love to have an in-depth chat with these authors I know it's also interesting because we both really like both authors but I'd feel like they are on the exact opposite yeah. end of the spectrum like Beto Leary she literally said in her launch event she loves a happy ending she loves a happy ending her books are obviously romances yeah. and they are very romanticized very idealistic they're the types of books that you roughly know you, you roughly know the ending like you know yeah. who's going to end up together what the plan is at the beginning of the book just from the blurb and the two main characters it's yeah. pretty clear where you're going but that doesn't make the journey any less exciting yeah. and she just makes it so easy to get invested in her characters and she is like i said so opposite to Sally Rooney in terms of the types of books that she writes, but both do their thing so, so well. well. And exactly. I just love them both. <laughs> I feel like Beth O'Leary creates relationships, like romantic relationships, where it doesn't feel like two characters have been stuck together and mm-hmm. told to get along. It feels like their romance is just so authentic. Yeah. And I love that because I think with a love story, you can't just have a meet cute and then stick them together. Like you've got to feel that chemistry. You've got to know just by like reading about them, that there's a connection between them without being told. And I think that's really hard to do, but I think she does it really well. So Beth O'Leary is my second one. I love it. My second one, who I was going to say first, <laughs> is someone who I think is uh, pre- predictable for me. And that is Zoe Sook. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. So I was actually writing these down on my notes and I just wanted to mention that I wrote Zoe Sug down and it got auto-corrected to Zoe Suggests, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, But Zoe Sug, (laughs) aka Zoella, um, is my OG YouTuber. I've been following her, subscribing to her content, watching her videos religiously 
for many, 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 many years now. And I have to say that she had to be on this list because obviously I now create YouTube content and I just don't think I would have even gotten as into YouTube or started getting invested in it or thinking about like the ways that you can show your life and bring content to life in a video way if I'd not started watching Zoe when I was a teenager. And I just think she creates the content that I love to watch the most in terms of it's just literally her life. I love what her content has evolved to be because obviously it started out with lots more sit-down videos and beauty things and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But now she literally just vlogs her life, shows her everyday things and obviously her life, her everyday is pretty, <laughs> Very pretty, different to ours. Pretty different to it mine. It didn't start yeah. out that way though, like... Exactly, yeah. I remember she when she was living that wave at, of success. Yeah. That's an arm slap and a half. I remember when her and Joe were still living at home with their dad. I and know, like, I remember that. I remember, I think that was like the first Vlogmas year that I watched. It was like maybe 2013 or something like that. It was just really lovely. Um, yeah. And it's so crazy to see like how far they've come, both her and Alfie actually. But I just love the fact that it is just like, you can see her content evolve with her. Yeah, and she's very candid as well, I think. She is, yeah. I think she's obviously always been an advocate for talking about mental health, which mm -hmm. is really incredible. She's since done a lot of things with like, um, like destigmatizing various like medical procedures, like the smear test and things oh, like yeah. that. And I just think like she has a great platform, a huge one, and I think she tries to use it in a positive way. Yeah. Equally, she's also there to create entertaining content. And I just think she creates vlogs that just feel really warming and, and cozy and just, yeah, really lovely, super authentic. And that's the content that I aspire to make. Like that's the kind of vibe that I hope to give off. I think you do. Well, um, I love getting a cup of tea and sitting down with one of your vlogs and I do the same with Zoe's so yeah, you I are Zoe. Think, <laughs> stop <laughs> it. Um, but for real I think that you know obviously I subscribe to lots of different YouTubers and as with anyone who creates content I think that like the content that you create is an amalgamation of the various things that you like to consume and obviously yeah. naturally we all get inspired by each other but she was kind of like the catalyst I think of me as a younger teenager thinking like oh I wonder if I could do YouTube one day and now obviously I am so thanks Zoe. Oh I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. I definitely admire Zoe too. I think she has come across like a lot of hate and unnecessary hate as well yeah. and I like the way that she dealt with that. I think she's just, I admire her a lot. So mm. would you like, based off what you just <laughs> said, would you like to hear about my YouTube? Yeah, I would. Oh, you get a choice. No, I want to say YouTuber. <laughs> or, I'm just going to say it so you can choose. Or someone that's used their platform for good. Which one? Oh, YouTuber. I okay. want to go for the YouTuber. Okay, so YouTuber that I admire is someone that I have been subscribed to for, I would say, as long as I've been subscribed to Zoe. So like, oh, I'm doing wow. like 240. 214, 2000, <laughs> we're going straight back. <laughs> Almost BC. <laughs> so like I've been subscribed to them for pretty much the whole time I've been watching YouTube and it is Rihanna Ashley. Of course it is. So Rihanna Ashley is, Zoe's mentioned her before actually, I think they watch each other. Love that. Um, and she just creates these really cozy, comforting vlogs. And again, she's very candid about mental health, mm -hmm. about life and the ups and downs of life. She has the most adorable daughter called Delilah. And That's such a pretty she, name. Yeah, I know. And the, honestly, the little girl is just so well-mannered and so lovely. But then she also shows like the downsides of parenting. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when she had her child and she talked about how hard it can be like breastfeeding and everything like that yeah. she talks about the fact that 
you know, she might put clips of Delilah being really sweet, but sometimes she can be like a four-year-old that's naughty. Like she's just very mm-hmm. candid and it feels like chatting to a friend and the vlogs are just so aesthetically pleasing. And I just really respect her. And ever since, especially like the last few weeks moving into more vlog lifestyle content, I think she was probably a catalyst for that change because yeah. I rediscovered her content and I realized that that is the direction I want to move in because I really admire and love watching that. And so I decided to put her on this list because I wanted to choose that kind of YouTuber. And I did think when I first made this, like started making this list, I did think you might put Zoe on and yeah. I wanted to create, like choose someone that was quite similar and for the same reasons. And mm-hmm. so if you haven't watched Rihanna and Ashley, because I feel like people are more likely to have watched Zoe, I think, yeah, I think Rihanna has like 150K or something like that, which is still yeah. massive, but it's, it's not 10 impressive. million. Yeah, it's um, not, not as big as Zoe's, which is just, I mean, who is? Yeah, I know. Who, who is? is? Who is? Um, <laughs> but if you're looking for someone to cozy up with a cup of tea and just feel like you're chatting to a friend, then Rihanna and Ashley, I absolutely love her channel. So that's you my next really one. do sell her. You need to watch. You would love her channel. I I know. I just need to decide whether I'm going to start from the big like start. Oh, you from, can't start not from, from the beginning. beginning. <laughs> 214 <laughs> BC. <laughs> I don't mean the beginning, but like, do I go back and like start from like you know a few months ago? I would start from like a couple of years ago. I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, watch it. Right. and also, she's just been like she's been in a. Re- she reminds me of what your channel will be like in a few years because she's been in a very long term relationship. Then they had a baby. They moved house. It's very lifestyley. She reads. Love that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. She's just it. all the good vibes. Love it. Okay. So. Okay. Next up. Um. I've gone for someone who, so we did an episode a while back, which was like who we'd invite to a dinner party. Right. And, you know, it was really hard to narrow down as it has been with this episode. And my mum listened to that episode and she was like, I can't believe you didn't put this person on your list. Um, And the person was Louis Theroux. (laughs) (laughs) You did put him on your list. I know. We were talking about this on our walk over to my house because we're both at my house. I don't know if we mentioned this. Um, and we were like, it's going to be all women. It's definitely going to be all women. And I was like, I can't think of any men I'd put on my list. And here we are, Louis Theroux. Louis Theroux. He's just incredible. Can I just point out before I dive into my reasons for this, that every year I say to myself, I'm going to get this Christmas jumper. And it's one with like a picture of Louis Theroux on it. And it says, dashing through the snow. <laughs> See, I was going to say to you when you said that, but have you thought this decision through? Through. <laughs> And I really want it, so that's going to happen this year. I'm making it happen, I'm manifesting it. But Louis <laughs> Theroux, I mean, what's not to love? He's just I've, so lovely. I've only ever watched one of his documentaries. <gasps> May. It was the, uh, I think it was the Westboro Baptist Church one that I watched. <sighs> love it, love him, love it. It's just incredible. <laughs> he is just the most engaging, is it like documentarist, is that the word? Documentary me. Is document Documentarist is not. Documentarist? <laughs> His documentaries are just so incredible because he dives into such a vast array of topics. I mean, like he has covered so many different things and yet he is just like, I just, I feel like I can't even describe it fully, but he brings like uh, charisma to it and authenticity. He's obviously like a bit nerdy looking and like 
it just seems like very like relatable but he also dives into it and I think he uses his like friendly persona yeah. as a way to sort of gain access to and make people feel more at ease and as the viewer I just feel like he's just so fun to watch and also in his very very old episodes it was like um Louis through like a weekend with and he would go and spend like a weekend at various things and he did one on rap and he made a rap that was really great so <laughs> I was picturing like a tortilla rap. No, no. I'm assuming you don't a, mean that. A rap rap, like a, he rapped on the radio and it was just so fun. I felt like it's somewhere in the back of my mind, but I can't quite access it. I, me and Jay, we... Oh, how I wish you could. I know, me too, because I would so display it for you guys. But um, me and Jay, we used to watch Louis through. We watched them all. Um, obviously, it's not the type of thing that you like rewatch very often, but we <laughs> did have a period where we watched all of the Louis through documentaries. And there was a, a, a long period of time after that where we would recite that rap quite frequently. Um, but yeah, I just think he's great. He's fun. Love him. Go Louis. Good choice. Go Good choice. Louis. You definitely thought that through. I s- <laughs> <laughs> okay, who okay. would be next one? So, do you want someone from my personal life or someone that used their platform for good? Let's go platform for good, please. Okay, so I have mentioned Brooke Davis in this episode, which is my favourite character on One Tree Hill. <laughs> and she was also one of the people I would invite. I would have invited. I'm too excited. I'm just too excited to oh invite her. <laughs> um, I invited her to my dinner party. But someone did that I really accept? admire. She, yes, she did. We're best friends now, did you know? What do you mean you're best friends? Oh, I thought so- we were best friends. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Watch me get kicked out of Kira's house almost as quickly as I arrived. Um, So my person I admire is Sophia Bush, who plays Brooke Davis, because she kind of entered, well, I assume she entered um, the kind of celebrity world through One Tree Hill because she was quite young when she recorded it. Um, And she was one of the main characters in One Tree Hill. She was Brooke Davis. And obviously she then had, she was in a very, you know, hyped up teen American program. Mm -hmm. And so she had this massive platform. And now she has a podcast called... (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, oh, it's called... (laughs) The look on your face. I admire her, but I don't know what it's called. (laughs) It's called Work in Progress. And so she invites a lot of like, Fit political figures or authors or Did activists. Did you say fit political figures? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know who she's had on there, but... Political figures, activists, authors, people like that. Yeah. And she has them on the podcast and she, like, just gets them to talk about what they're doing and then she also ends each podcast with what is a work in progress in your life right now. And mm-hmm. I absolutely adore that podcast. There was an episode the other day about that had the Ben and Jerry on. I think the I might have mentioned it in the You've podcast. definitely mentioned that to me at least. Yeah. That's for sure. And it was just such a fun episode. And she's also had, I like listened to one with Hillary Clinton on, which was so interesting. Wow. Like she gets really big names on there. And I was thinking about it and I was thinking how brave to take a platform that you already have. You're mm-hmm. already successful. You're, yeah. you know, a teen idol. And then to make that a political platform. Which it's is risky yeah. because that mean it means that she values that and sort of using her platform for good more so than popularity which yeah absolutely says a lot. which i think is really admirable because not every person with a you know high profile has to become polit- a political I mean, a lot activist of people actively choose to avoid to, that yeah, to on avoid their platform so, um, yeah. so the fact that she's done it the fact that she invites people on and has she also is someone that i admire because she has like the perfect way of approaching a podcast like mm-hmm. we've never had a guest on maybe no. something we'll do in the future we That'll have plans 
so exciting. Um, but it's, I think it would be difficult to have a guest and to be able to get that balance right of like you asking them the questions, but it's seeming like it's not orchestrated kind of thing. Yeah. And I think she does that really well. She just is a very good podcast host. So for, like for us and this creative project we have, uh-huh. she's I admire her for that. And I also just admire the way she uses her platform. So, and also the way she absolutely rocked the role of Brooke. <laughs> Love that for yeah. you. Okay, so that's my fourth. Okay, so... I feel like without even intending to, we've gone for like a very similar split of people. Okay. Because I think I know who yours is going to be. Who do you think it is? Is it? I don't know her real name, but is it Lorelai? No, it's not actually. Oh, okay. Okay. So similar to your one though, I have chosen um, Venetia Lamana, who was previously Venetia Falconer and she is the host of the Talking Taste podcast, um, which was then changed recently into the All the Small Things podcast. But Venetia is obviously a podcast host, which in and of itself is inspiring. Her podcast was the first I ever listened to. So again, definitely without listening to her, kind of like without watching Zoe, would I have ever even considered starting a podcast? Probably not. So that's something in and of itself. But the reason I think it's similar to your choice of um, Brooke, or whatever her actual name is. Sophia. Sophia. (laughs) Um, I totally blanked on her name. But the reason I think it's similar is because um, Venetia very much uses her platform both as a podcaster and then on Instagram and YouTube as an influencer for good. Now, Talking Taste Buds started originally just as a podcast to talk about food and how food impacts people's lives and she talked to lots of different people and it was just a really really lovely podcast to listen to but she actually ended up talking to a few people who were very into environmentalism and cutting down on waste and all of those mm. kinds of things and she actually ended up marrying someone who she had on the podcast um, <laughs> who can we invite <laughs> um max lamana which is why she's no longer venetia falconer and is now venetia lamana but he is like um an American zero waste chef, and he's really oh. incredible as well. Um, but through her podcast and through the various people that she has interacted with, Venetia has found out a lot more about fast fashion, and she uses her platform now to really speak up on all kinds of issues about human rights, environmentalism. Specifically, she's really focused in on fast fashion because I think she's always been really into fashion, and she wants to kind of show how you can still be into fashion without supporting the fast fashion industry in a way that exploits um, workers in third world countries. Yeah. And I just think, again, it's a bold move to make Big Swallow Death, I guess. It's a, it's a big, bold move to make in terms of choosing yeah. to make your platform something that isn't the status quo. Because yeah. I think... Because her platform was clearly already working. It was working. She was growing in popularity. And I think she recognised something that didn't sit right with her and her ethics. And she decided that she was going to use her platform for the greater good. And that was actually, I think, why the podcast changed to be all the small things. Because she has used her latest series of the podcast mostly to talk about people who were involved in things like fast fashion um, activism and all that kind of stuff and I just think you know as an influencer she has to rely on brands to make her living and so she kind of actively cuts off a lot of brands that she maybe could work with otherwise because they don't align with her ethically and I just think it's really admirable to see someone who is using their platform for good putting their ethics their morals their values above everything and just you know I just think it's really great as well that she has evolved and you can see that evolution throughout her content and she just seems like a a cool gal yeah we've got 
got some really cool people in this episode. We do. I love this episode. This is so fun. I remember why I love a list episode. The list episodes are so great. They make the world go round. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my final person is someone from my personal life. Obviously, I wasn't going to choose Kira because we gush about that's rude. We always gush about each we other. Do, and we, we made do. a pact not to choose each other. So <laughs> I, I chose you chosen. anyway. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> I look like such a bitch if you knew that. Um, so my person, and I'm going to tell her to listen to this, is my friend Beth. So I met Beth at university. We sat in a lecture together and the rest is history. Um, I'm actually going to see her for the first time I'm in so long at the weekend I'm going to visit her I'm so excited um but the reason that I admire her is for several reasons three different reasons okay a list within a list <laughs> so the first one is that she is absolutely smashing her career like she chose a career that is related to geography which is something <laughs> I did not do what we both do? studied geography she works in food waste ah, so that's something topical. that you yeah topical Whoa. So connected. <laughs> it's so <laughs> topical and she's just like absolutely smashing it like you know when you just see someone that is got a career that they really really love and you can mm-hmm. see them just excelling in it and it's really cool to watch i think we should be championing up championing our friends instead of comparing ourselves to them i think it's 100%. so important and i yeah. just admire the way she tackles her career she also lives on her own which and is so like an independent person and i just think in a society that kind of is constantly fast moving constantly telling us we should be consuming and talking and socializing yeah to be able to be completely like at one with yourself is a really important skill and she's definitely got that like down to a t and so i admire that and i also admire that she is just a very good friend like she's very good at being a friend yeah and i think that especially when i first met her i met her and like within months like a few months i was like i want to be as good a friend as she is to other people like not just to me but she just cares so genuinely about every everyone that she has in her life and she'll do anything for you and I just think to have that kind of selflessness um because is there such thing as a selfless act we've had that debate before it's a, yeah it's a tricky one but I think you know if you care about your friends you do things to make them happy and yeah you put them uh, before yourself and everything then you know absolutely and she just constantly does like selfless things and I just think that's a really lovely quality and she's also very patient with me in fact you both are when I <laughs> rabbit on about my dating life so yeah shout out to Beth she is just a great friend a great person and she's going far in life so yeah that Go concludes Beth. it find what yourself is your... a Beth yeah find yourself a Beth or a Kira I feel Thank like you. you need a little or an, um... a little mini admiration Thank shout you. out you didn't make my top um, five but you're still pretty good it's fine. <laughs> as long as I'm in spot number six then I'll, I'll be fine <laughs> yeah um, but yeah so my final person is um a person who wrote a memoir read the memoir liked the memoir the person is Tara Westover oh okay the author of Educated first of all because she wrote my favourite memoir of all time and I just think it's incredible no very good memoir very good (laughs) memoir Um, but second of all you know just her life story and the way that she's turned her life around I mean if that's not admirable I really don't know what is she was born into a cult-like religious family of people who were prepping for the end of the world because of that her parents were very very mistrusting of anything that was even remotely related to the government which included schools and medicine so that meant that she was not registered she never went to a formal um in-person school setting she also wasn't adequately homeschooled because her parents i don't think really trusted the government mandated curriculum she never saw a doctor and essentially she was just very much like isolated from society she had a very big family but like in terms of outside interaction 
you would expect that she, you know, what prospects would she have because she didn't have any formal qualifications and she mm. was completely just withheld from society. Her view of the world was completely and utterly dictated by what her parents told her. And so she had a very skewed perception of the world, but she actually managed to make it out of that situation. She went and pursued an education herself, but the book is really about both formal education and like a you know, like, cultural, like, yeah. world education sort of settling back into, like, normal society. And she ended up getting PhDs, going to, like, was it Oxford or Cambridge? Like, somewhere incredible. Yeah, I think... And Cambridge? Cambridge, I think, yeah. And then, you know, it's just amazing. I just think, you know, that's incredible for anyone to go and get those qualifications. But when you think about her beginnings and all of the limitations and hurdles that she had to put in and just like the chances of her getting those opportunities were so much lower based on her upbringing and she still made it happen. And I just think it's so admirable that, you know, like it's really difficult, I think, to leave a situation that's, you know, the only thing you've ever known. But Absolutely. she is so brave. And also brave to share that story with the world. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, I bet a lot of people who are in maybe not such dramatic situations, but in a situation where they feel like they don't see a way out or they think that their life has to go a certain way because that's the way that people in their town have always lived or, you know, their family believes that things should be. And I think she just inspires probably a lot of people to just pursue something that makes them happy and the path that they want to take rather than just accepting that they have to do what their family has set out for them. So that she was is my last very. Lesson. Yeah, very admirable. A very good one to end it on. I'm so happy we did this episode. I just think it's really important sometimes to kind of focus on the things we admire about other people in a society, as we've said, that teaches us and drills into us that we should be seeing compare, everyone else yeah. as competition. Like, no, we should be appreciating. <laughs> we should be appreciating the people around us and taking inspiration from them. Mm -hmm. And I think as creators people and the you know the content that we consume the people that we look up to and everything it's all what goes into making our own creative projects yeah. happen and i just think admiration is genuinely what has led me through the paths that i'm taking yeah and absolutely continues and, and, and to, not just so. content creation like personal as well like yeah. i think you can see qualities in other people and the way they live their life and take inspiration from that too. And I think we are all an amalgamation of the experiences we have and the people we meet. And so it's really nice to kind of sit back and just think about the people that we are very glad to have met, whether that be via their content or in real life or yeah. through their books. Yeah, what a lovely episode and a long one as well. I know, we've been chitty chatting. We've been very chatty today. <laughs> so shall we move on to the Agony Ant section? Let's do it. Okay, so moving into our Agony Ant section, as we like to do every few weeks, we thought that this week would be a great chance to return to our good pal Dolly Alderton and her personal Agony Ant column because she gets some juicy questions. They're yeah, really fun very to dive juicy into. Questions. So without further ado, um, do you want to read us the saga that we've I got will. this week? <laughs> I will read it out. And also this is topical as well because I very much admire Dolly, so... That oh, fits yeah. into this that episode. She's someone true. I admire. Very, very candid about the kind of ups and downs mm -hmm. of being in your 20s, now being in your 30s. Just think she's a very admirable person. So the tagline for this is, Dear Dolly, I am struggling with the fact I will never see my ex's girls again. When I first read this one, I thought that meant like ex's 
friends that were girls, yeah. but actually it doesn't. So the question is, last year I started dating a divorcee 18 years older than me with two daughters. Over lockdown, I moved out of my flat in London to his home in Wiltshire. Last week he ended things stating that he doesn't want a relationship. I have grown close to his girls who are 11 and 16 and I'm struggling with the fact that I will never see them again. We have a WhatsApp group, inside jokes, and they even made my dog a TikTok account. (laughs) I want to thank them for letting me into their lives, but I can't find the right way or the right words to do it. Wow. That's deep. It's deep. And also it's going to be interesting because this is so far removed, maybe like from actually, like maybe not. Not from my life. Yeah. I mean, it is from mine, but I, yeah. It's a definitely a diff- different type of question for like a different age group maybe than we would normally answer. So yeah, so let's I go. can kind of talk about this from the perspective of the kids because my parents are divorced and have been for basically my whole life. So they've both had other relationships. Um, most notably, my <laughs> my dad was married to someone or with someone from when I was about seven until I was like 17. So I knew her for like 10 years of my life. And then my mum was married to my stepdad from when I was about four until, um, I don't know when they actually separated, probably when I was like 18 or something yeah. like that. So like 14 years of my life. Obviously, I lived with my mum for the majority of the time, so I lived with my stepdad as well. He was, like, a big part of my life. Um, And my experiences with both of these people after my parents separated from them has been quite different. So my dad's wife or ex-wife, I should say. Um, <laughs> His current wife probably wouldn't appreciate that. <laughs> Sorry. My dad's ex-wife, um, I didn't like we're not on bad terms or anything but I think it became clear after they separated that we weren't really going to have a relationship outside of the context of her being my stepmom so we still exchange like messages on birthdays and Christmas um and I actually bumped into her in York <laughs> that was there. too long ago because <laughs> uh, she also lives in York um and you know absolutely no issue at all but I just think that there was no real future relationship there but like you know she I'm sure knows that she was a a large part of my life like we went on loads of family holidays together it's all well and good absolutely fine um but my stepdad who technically I suppose isn't my stepdad anymore because him and my mum aren't married but I still call him my stepdad um Martin and we're still very close he's my sister's dad and we still meet up for coffee and walks like usually every other weekend, um, we see each other all the time. And so he was a big part of my life, would still consider him a member of my family. I wouldn't want to no longer have contact with him. I'd see him being in my life for, you know, forever basically. So like, he's just as much as a part of my family as my mum, my dad, my siblings, anything like that. So obviously in the case of this person, it sounds like the relationship with the children's dad wasn't as long. Yeah. And so I guess it's maybe a little bit more difficult and I'm also of the benefit that I was an adult when my mum and my stepdad's relationship ended and also my mum would never want us to stop communicating with someone who was important to us. And so it's just like very different situation, I think. So I would obviously say if this person still has contact with the children in terms of still has access to the group chat, just to reach out to them and just say, exactly what she said in that message you know like reach out let someone know that they're important to you that you're glad that you had time with them and that you're there if they ever need you and I think that's the most you can do in that situation obviously they're both still under 18 so you'd have to respect the parents wishes in that situation but it sounds like the breakup wasn't on bad terms so like I can't imagine the dad would be like that 
against the message but I think for children especially it's important for them to know that you've not just abandoned them or absolutely you know especially the 11 year old it's not good for children to get used to people just disappearing from their lives and I think just reaching out would probably mean a lot to them and could lead to a future relationship of some kind with them and I just think as with anything, whether it's like a friendship breakup, maybe like as you kind of interpreted from this first thing where you thought it yeah. was like an ex's friends, like just because you are no longer in a relationship with someone doesn't mean that everyone you met through that person has to be no longer in your life. So I think whether you can relate to this question from a perspective of, you know, knowing what it's like to have a step parent and then no longer have them be in your life in that particular way, or if it's a friendship thing or whatever, just reach out to someone they probably feel similarly than you do and I think it's just nice for everyone to know where they stand and know that you value their role in your life if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah I completely agree so I'm gonna give my two cents on this obviously I can't do it from a very personal standpoint but I'm gonna approach this and be devil's advocate as if the dad has said no like no contact yeah I just don't want you to like see them or speak to them and so I think the way I often answer like breakup questions, like romantic breakup questions mm -hmm. is kind of, and friendship ones to be fair, yeah. I say not everyone is meant to be in your life forever, but that doesn't mean that the impact they had on it wasn't really, really valuable. Yeah. So I think thinking about it from like your point of view, it's really nice to know that they t maybe taught you to care for children in maybe a way you hadn't before yeah. or left an impact on you in, you know, your own personal way and you can remember that, but also they will remember that. Mm -hmm. And even if you're not in their life forever, they'll probably always remember the time they spent with you and the impact you had on their life. And I think even if we stop having contact with people, like, I guess a breakup is like this sometimes where you just, you never, you know, you have to come to terms with the fact that you're never going to see them again and you're never going to speak to them again. Yeah. Like, or at least very rarely mm -hmm. and it's hard to come to terms with that in any context of life but I think it's important to remember that you can have value in someone's life without being a constant and forever feature in it. Absolutely yeah I totally agree I think this is a very difficult situation and also one that will be very very personal to each individual circumstance and just like I explained I have had two situations where I've had step parents and then my parents are no longer with that person and the two outcomes are very very different in terms yeah. of like relationship following the breakup so I think it's so tricky and very much one that you have to kind of navigate in the moment but if you feel like you want to have a connection with that person and there's no literal blockage to it then I would say just reach out and if it's the case like you said in terms of devil's advocate if the parent says no I would maybe reach out to the ex-partner and just say can I have like a goodbye or explanation yeah, like closure. because I don't want them to think that I've just abandoned yeah, them definitely. in terms of that but yeah definitely a tricky one it's never you know never a bad thing or a negative thing to let people know the impact they've had on your life mm -hmm. especially if it's positive I mean yeah. maybe not yeah. I mean, it could be negative you if it's ruined my life <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think I would never say for example if you apply this in a way that it could be applied to us right now say if you're in a relationship you broke up and then like their parents messaged you to mm -hmm. say like I really enjoyed getting to know you. I know I'm not going to see you on a regular basis, but like it was really nice to get to know you and I valued yeah. that time with you. How could you ever think that is was a bad, bad thing? thing. Exactly. Like it's so nice to know that you're valued. And so, yeah, definitely. I think your advice is very good and practical. Mine's a bit more spiritual, but you know, we'll Ooh, go with it. We love it. <laughs> 
Okay, well, short and sweet because we were so chatty in the main section. It's the excitement of being in the same room. It's been so much fun. Like, normally when I'm in the same room as you, it's because we're at the gym and you're, like, forcing me to do horrible <laughs> things. So to be with you in the context of we're about to watch Made in Chelsea and eat sausage and mash is an exciting it's thing. It's lovely. Yeah. It's so lovely. I'm so excited for gravy. I really am. <laughs> and the leeks. I'm excited for the leeks, but I have to say, gravy. If there's a meal with gravy, the gravy's always yeah. the star of the show for Definitely. me. Definitely. I'm so there. with that in mind, thank you so much for listening, as always, and we're gonna go and eat sausage and mash and watch Made in Chelsea. So the dream. See you next. See week. you next week. <laughs>